On with a Rye. This week's episode of On One is brought to you by Bobble Bar. Bobble Bar designs premium fashion jewelry and accessories that make it easy to experiment with your style. They translate your favorite trends into a wide range of accessories because fashion should be fun. Best of all, Bobble Bar believes in 110% customer happiness and makes it easy to speak to a real person whenever you need. They offer free shipping and returns in the U.S., so you can try them out guilt-free. Go to BobbleBar.com and get 20% off today using promo code ONONE. That's B-A-U-B-L-E-B-A-R.com and 20% off using promo code ONONE. Today's show is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com backslash Angela. And to show your support for this podcast, use code Angela to get $30 off your first month. That's code A-N-G-E-L-A and Talkspace.com backslash Angela. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. We're all my children of the light, born in the sinning, but steady striving to do right. My people are warriors, all we know is to fight, pray, they see God and everything I write here. I'm dedicating this week's episode of On One to Sergeant LaDavid Terrence Johnson, who was killed in West Africa while on duty. He is from the Miami Gardens, Florida area. He was represented by Congresswoman Frederica Wilson, who is a member that I know very well, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus in the United States House of Representatives. This young man was killed. And when he was killed on October 4th, alongside three other American soldiers, he left behind a wife who's six months pregnant and two children, a two-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl. The David Johnson was beloved by all of his family and noted as a true American hero. This podcast is dedicated to him because there are many answers that this country is still searching for to figure out why he died, how he died, and why it took this country 48 hours to find his body when they found the other troops who were killed. That is my moment in blackness for this week because he's an African-American soldier who dedicated his life to fighting for this country. When you question why we kneel, why we take a knee, why we protest, I want you to think about the many other vets in this country, the many other folks who are killed on the front lines in war, in battle, protecting our freedoms. We have the right to protest and we have the right to ask for more and for better for our country, from our country. And that is what LaDavid was doing. That is why he enlisted in the army. And that is why today's podcast is dedicated to LaDavid. This week's political low life goes to chief of staff, John Kelly, for basically lying on Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. She's had a really tough, Last couple of weeks dealing with and supporting the family of LaDavid Johnson. And to make matters worse, she had to deal with fallout from Donald Trump tweeting about her and the secretary. I'm sorry, the uh, the um, chief of staff in the White House, John Kelly, calling her an empty barrel and being called a liar by Donald Trump's press secretary. Here's the footage. The congresswoman. Uh, stood up, and in the long tradition of empty barrels making the most noise, stood up there and all of that, and talked about how she was instrumental in getting the funding for that building. So John Kelly calls her an empty barrel and claims that she took credit for and bragged about taking credit for a building, an FBI building. Well, she's refuted that. And here's the actual video from the event where Congresswoman Wilson was speaking and what she really said. Everyone said that's impossible. It takes at least eight months to a year to complete the process. And I said, excuse my French. Oh, hell no. We're going <laughs> to get this done. 
And then after those remarks, she went on to praise FBI agents who lost their lives while fighting to protect our freedoms. Here's what she said there. I may, well, all men and women and first responders who work in law enforcement, stand up, stand up now so that we can applaud you and what you do. Stand up. And this week's political highlight has to be Congressman Frederica Wilson for all the reasons that we've already said. She had an amazing phone interview with The View this week where she defended her original remarks about Donald Trump calling the widow of LaDavid Johnson after she had to attest to the fact of being in the car, being present with other witnesses and being lied on by the commander in chief. This is what Congresswoman Wilson had to say when she was on The View. Hey, now we were just talking about that shocking phone call from the new guy to a fallen soldier's widow. And joining us live right now is the Florida Congresswoman who witnessed the call. Please welcome Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. Hey. <laughs> Congresswoman, so you were in, you, you say you were in the car. Uh, the new guy in the office says he has proof of what he says. Can you tell us what you heard? Well, uh, I heard him say, uh, well, you know, this is what he signed. I'm sure he knows that this is what he signed up for, but it still hurts. And the saddest part of this, he kept referring to LaDavid as your guy. He never called his name. It was almost as if he forgot his name. And that's what hurt the mother so badly, the wife. She said, he doesn't even know his name. Yeah. Mm. Congressman, were, do, you think President, do you think President Trump was aware you were in the car at that moment listening to the call? Well, I think that President Trump was aware that we were on the way to retrieve the body from the airport to bring it back to the funeral home. So I'm sure he knew that I was not the only person in the car. It was a limousine. So I'm not the only person who heard the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And the call was on speakerphone. And, the, and she was crumpled up in a ball. She weighs maybe 103 pounds. She's six months pregnant. She had just found out that her husband would not be able to have an open casket funeral. Oh because of the condition of the body so she was grief-stricken and uh in the car was her aunt and uncle who raised la david uh the my driver the the, the gentleman from the army and the driver of the limousine so they, they so they the, the the gentleman from the army held the phone so that she could speak Mm. And we all knew that we knew that he was going to call. And then I said, uh, I want to speak with him. Let me speak with him. And they said, no, 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 you can't speak with him. So they said, well, what do you, what, what, why did you want to speak with him? I said, because I wanted to curse him out. <laughs> Uh, Congresswoman, um, Mrs. Johnson, as you mentioned, is six months pregnant with her third child. And uh, according to you, President Trump not only said this is what her husband signed up for, but not once did he call her husband a hero. What was her response when she heard what uh, the president said? I didn't say. She simply said, this is all she said. I'm going to tell you exactly. She said he, he was calling him my guy, he didn't even know his name. That's what she said. And that was all she said. <clears throat> Um, you know, um, Congresswoman, President Trump said this morning uh, that he actually has proof of what was actually said. Now, I'm lis listening to what you're saying. It sounds to me like your proof is that you had witnesses in the car, a lot of people in the car who heard exactly what happened in there. What do you think is his proof? President Trump is not is a liar. And he, uh, <laughs> he uh, Yeah, we know that. But, you know, he says he has proof. Do you think he was taping the conversation? Because that would be the proof, right? Or if he has as many witnesses as you have. 
Well, if he was taping the conversation, bring it on. You know, Congresswoman, I'm very uncomfortable with all of this. I don't like the cheering of calling our president a liar. I don't like the cheering talking about a man who has given for our freedom at this point. This was a private call between a widow and the president. Why did you feel the need to speak out? And do you think at any point that she will either confirm or deny what you're saying right now? Well, when I exited the car, because I am from Miami, my local press surrounded me. The, it had, they had, Mr. Trump had evidently told the press that he was going to call the widow. So they asked me, they said, Congresswoman Wilson, did he call the widow? I said, yes, he did. They said, did you hear the call? I said, yes, I did. They said, what did he say? And I told them what he said. And then um, she, I just told them that one line. And then um, that, was, that was the end of that. But just because you asked isn't necessarily your role to answer. I mean, this is deeply private and personal. I mean, again, I don't know the context of it, and I understand that, you know, well, we, let me, we have... Well, let me, first of all, let me tell you my relationship to him. I have a mentoring program in Miami called the 5,000 Role Models of Excellence Project, and I mentored this young boy from a little boy in elementary school through this program all the way through high school. His brother... We mentored him and sent him to the Bone Cookman College. The other brother is in the Fire College. He's 17 years old. These are people that I have known all of my life. Since they were little children, I told you that his uncle went to my elementary school. I was his principal. So and another thing, my purpose was not necessarily there to hear Mr. Trump's um, verbiage to the wife, I want to know from Mr. Trump what happened to Le David in Niger. Why was he the last one found? Why did it take 48 hours for them to discover him? Why wasn't he in a car, an armored truck? Why did he have weapons? Uh, weaker than the uh, terrorist weapons. Why were they able to surround them and kill them? This is going to be Mr. Trump's Benghazi because I cannot get the answers. Nobody can get the answers. And until we get those answers, it is his Benghazi. And this whole thing about what he said to the widow is a cover-up. So here's the point. Congresswoman Wilson has dedicated her life to mentoring young people, to serving children as a former principal in an elementary school in Florida. The very program that she runs, LaDavid Johnson is a graduate from that program. She mentored him while he was in elementary school all the way through high school. So this isn't someone that she just randomly stumbled upon, some constituent that she'd never met. This was someone who she knew very well. Congresswoman Wilson, from my experience, is very committed to young people. She's very committed to the uplifting and the education of our children. And I know the passion for which she spoke while she was on The View, she takes into every single setting. So this particular moment has to be challenging for her because her integrity and character is being called into question by someone who regularly traffics in lies, conspiracy theories, and what he calls everything else fake news. I would argue that Donald Trump is doing his classic distraction method instead of talking about what really happened in Niger, which is what Congresswoman Wilson calls for at the end of the view interview He's spending time attacking yet another black woman on Twitter. And we don't have time for that. So shout out to Congresswoman Wilson for keeping us focused on what really matters. Why this young man had to die to begin with. All right, everybody. Today's special conversate guest is Don Lemon, who we lovingly call Don Lemonhead sometimes. Hey, boo. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, we are just finishing up a segment with Don and I got to watch him read somebody today. Um, Don has some strong feelings about this NFL boycott and the right to protest. 
So I want you to share what your thoughts are. I think anybody who tries to tell you what kind of patriotism you should display or patriot you should be, I think they're misguided. Mm -hmm. And I think it's arrogant to tell people that they have to stand and do a certain thing when the when the anthem is being played. That's why people died. That's why people fight for this country is for us to have freedom of expression. And so the minute you start telling people that they have to express a certain way or they can't have an expression, then they're going to come for your rights. They're going to come for you next. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about it. I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's a height of arrogance to be able to try to, to think that you can tell people that you have to stand. Really? Do you feel like you have a clear sense of what the boycott is about right now, what the NFL boycott is about? I think I have a clear sense, mm -hmm. but I don't think the average person does because it's been the message has been usurped by the president. He's turned it into a political issue or this issue about disrespecting the flag. And that's not what it is. Mm. Most people who have a brain get it. <laughs> So speaking of Donald Trump, and by the way, I stand for the national anthem. That's you just do? too. Yeah, I stand for the national anthem because I because I I want to, mm -hmm. not because I feel I have to. Has there been any part of you that feels or that questions that since this boycott began, or well, since like remember when Colin Kaepernick when he first? I didn't always stand for the national anthem. Mm -hmm. What made you? Not because stand I for because I didn't you know growing up as a as a black man in this country. I know that this country wasn't necessarily built for me. Mm. And there there was a time when I didn't stand and I was militant. But the thing is, is that if you want to stand and or you want to kneel, that's your business. Yeah. And so I don't think that we should discriminate against someone or their livelihood should be taken away because they choose to bring attention to something else. And the reason I think it's ridiculous is because if you look around the stadium, you see people talking and yelling at each other and the fights break out during the national anthem. People are getting beer. They're getting chicken wings. They're eating nachos. They're ordering from the guy who's throwing popcorn or peanuts at them. It's, it's just such a ridiculous argument. I hear the same people in bars, every sports bars, every, every weekend talking about, oh, you got to stand for the national anthem. And none of them are standing during the national anthem when they're in the sports bar. They're all going to the bathroom or... <laughs> You're trying to pick up girls. It's like, come on, stop it. So anyway, that's it. Okay, so I want to talk about militant Don Lemon for a minute because you just brought this up. You can set that down. Are you sure? Because yes. I don't want to. All right. Yeah, you're good. I don't. I gave you the one with this. I gave him a mic with the stand, y'all, so he wouldn't have to hold it. He's got it. He's holding it. Well, you want this? One you want to know about militant? Seek is doing this. So you want to know about militant Don Lemon? That came in college when I was reading a whole lot of James Baldwin. Yes. Yes. Get woke, James as they Baldwin. say. Um, and so then you know. There what was certain, your favorite James Baldwin piece? Oh my gosh! Well, I loved um, the fire next time, yes. which is amazing. There's also one called Giovanni's Room. I don't know if you know about Giovanni's mm -hmm, Room. Mm -hmm. And then there's another country, and then there is oh my gosh, my what else? Uh, why can't I think of other? But anyway, I know all of them. And then I have the big the Price of the Ticket book mm -hmm. that has all of his things in there. Yeah. So I would just read another country, Price of the Ticket. Uh, tell me how long the train's been gone. Oh I would just God. read Baldwin after Baldwin, and he's right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but then I realized that I can stand mm -hmm. for the national anthem if I want, and I don't have to. So That's there's it. a there's a 1984. Look at, you see, I'm growing up fro, right? I did. See, I told you, I saw you growing a mini fro. I am. He's put, he's picking it out for y'all right now, I'm but you just can't it see it because this is a podcast with no visuals this today. Woke Don Lemon. Woke Don Lemon. <laughs> make I'm gonna make you do that for the promo pick. <laughs> <laughs> he's kneeling. He's kneeling with this fist up, y'all, to honor John. Uh, was it uh, um, John Car? What are, now? Why can't I think of the people? Nineteen sixty-seven Olympics. Tommy, oh, Tommy um, Smith, Tommy Smith, and John Carlos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, why? I had I Tommy on the other night. Yeah. yeah. So they, they was just the anniversary of their standing. There's also a fist right here. I'm seeing this. Yeah, I got that fist for. Yeah, he got a fist in his it's office. A Native Son Award. A native son, Richard Wright. Okay, yeah, all the wokeness in Don yeah. Lemon's office right now. So there's a 1984 James Baldwin speech that I just happened upon a few months ago, like right after Trump won the election. And when I tell you, I'm going to send this link to you. It is at the National Press Club. I probably read it, but like listening to him deliver yeah. it, it is so on par with what is happening. Like he even gets at people like trying to create this false sense of what the media is reporting. It's, it was like eerily accurate. I'm going to play that. 
I'm going to have to play, go back and, and so look at it and play good. it. It's so good. But, I, you know, I wish he was around right now to be like a pundit on, on my show. Oh it would just God. be amazing because he would just read. Every, everything was a read. But, but, <laughs> but Charles has that and you have that. <laughs> No, but not like Jay, not a, a <laughs> not James, James Baldwin, Baldwin read is yeah. prophetic. Like <laughs> seriously, speaking of this 1984 speech, like it's literally, literally like he knows where we're going. Like he sees it. There's of course he does. God, but if you read like, his books now, it's the same thing. That's true. That's true. Read, I mean, he was ahead of the game when you think about sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, about blackness, about whiteness. I mean, yeah. he wrote. You should. You should. Um, you should read. Um, um, Giovanni's room mm-hmm. and he writes it from the perspective of a white man who's in love with I think he's in love with a black man I forget how it works he's mm-hmm. in love with a man but he's writing the book as if he's a white man and if you didn't know it was James Baldwin you would know it's it's amazing that is amazing yeah. That's he's brilliant um, so I want to talk about this evolution because you know the um, some of your cousins in, in um, our community, we have extended family. We call them cousins. Tell Don to stop checking his email, y'all. No, I'm logging off, so it doesn't make oh, okay. noise. Well, then he gets points for that. So um, some of your cousins <clears throat> started saying that you were invited back to the family picnic. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to talk to this evolution because I told you I felt like I know what happened. Like they were like, you know what? I'm done. That is it. They were on your side. All of a sudden they were like, you know what? I'm not mad. Everything in the past where you frustrated me, we're good. Because right <laughs> Right now, you are speaking to my soul, Don <laughs> I don't know why I was invited, but you know me. You, but you knew the me behind the scenes, and yeah. when people, I think there there are a number of things. I think people, um, I think that people put expectations on me that they don't put on other journalists. Yes, and, you're black, and I'm black, mm-hmm. and I'm the only one yep. here, only one yep. man, woman, cable, and can they? And my girl Joy Reid, who I, I love. Know is also, you know, holding it down. Yeah. I wish she was in, had a primetime spot. Yes. Right. Um, she's amazing. So I, I think, um, I think a lot of the criticism was that I also think a lot of the criticism of me is, is rooted in homophobia. And if you talk to Mark Lamont Hill and Bakari, mm-hmm. they both believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I also, people don't understand that sometimes I have to have conversations and I have to be the contrarian to get people to talk. Yeah. Like you can be analytical about something and not necessarily, believe like you know devil's advocate some people think this blah 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 it's like the whole jefferson davis uh and the confederate monuments i don't have to believe that i i think the monument should come down mm-hmm. to the extent that we should you know on a, in an individual basis we should figure out which ones should stay and which ones should go and even school names i wouldn't want to go to hitler high school if i was right jewish so why are you making me go to robert e lee high school Right. Mm -hmm. So I think we should we should be able to talk about those things. But I can also express the other side without believing that argument in order to facilitate a conversation on television. And I think some people may may be confused by that. But in 2016, gone, there was a salt of Paul moment. And I think that people started finding themselves in your voice a lot more again right or for the first time and yeah. so one of the i think the first things at least for me um and i'm gonna kind of go backwards well, hold on can i say something before uh-huh. you go there uh-huh. so, so, but also people tend to shoot the messenger mm-hmm. like when you have to deliver information when i had to it was hard to deliver information about baltimore it was hard to deliver information about ferguson especially when the information didn't line up to what a lot of people wanted i had to say what the justice department's report said mm-hmm. Even though I may have been frustrated with it or it didn't quite say, you know, what Michael Brown said happened there or what, you know, what people witnesses said happened. I had to say it said that, but people shoot the messenger. But you know what? So this is this is one of the things I was going to bring up. So I'll just start with this. Go ahead. There was a moment for you, though, where I felt like there was a change. And I think that it was um, in July 2016. Alton Sterling was shot and killed, 37 years old, you know, almost like point blank range by two police officers in your hometown. And I think, I think as your sister, we call each other brother and sister, it resonated with you differently than some of the other shootings. Not saying that they didn't hit you hard. They did. But that hit you literally at home. They did. Um, But all of them hit me hard. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it did hit me literally at home. And I was just, it was just that this guy and my, my niece's, Grew up in the neighborhood mm. where he was shot and killed. And they said, oh, I know him. He was the CD guy. 
Man. And they're like, he's yeah, he's out there, whatever. He's selling CDs, but he's harmless. He's this harmless guy. I don't know why they would be bothering him or whatever. And so, um, you know, listening to them talk about this guy that some people may be afraid of. They see him at the corner store and, you know, they may like grab their purses. And to them, he's just like, oh, that's Alton. He's a CD guy. He's out there all the time. So, yeah, that did have a, a profound effect on me. But I think the biggest thing that had the profound, the most profound effect on me was this election. Well, I'm going to go there next because um, out of all of us, we have like an ongoing conversation, me, Bakari and Don out of all of us. I'm probably the most hot headed. That's why I call you my little sister. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm the most high and probably the most protective. So there was a moment during the um, leading up to election. Donald Trump was, of course, the GOP nominee. Um, there was this idiot on your show. Um, and 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 Donald Trump the next morning tweeted about you. And he told you he said that lightweight Don Lemon, dumb as a rock Don Lemon. And I'm like, like the dumbest man on TV or something like, like that. I'm yeah. furious because I'm like, first of all, you were up watching the show. Second of all, you would never call someone not black, dumb as a rock. So and so, you know, like I was livid. And Don, this is about Don and Don had to talk me out the ledge <laughs> and probably his mama. But I was like ready to fight. I was so <laughs> mad. Why are you so bad? Because I just think that. He, I think that if you look at what he did with the president, any black person that has a platform mm-hmm. to Donald Trump is a threat. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, of course. It but was. You think my statement the other night I, I, when I said to Charles, I said when Charles said he goes, I, I think Charles said it is inexplicable his behavior or his obsession with Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And I said no, I I don't think it's inexplicable. I can tell you, I said because you've as my first thing to him was somebody's knocking on the door come in i'm here i'll be out in a minute that's my security speaking of the election i have security i have security that walks me to the car every night and walks me in the building isn't that sad so anyway awful in um, 2017 so when uh i the first thing i said to charles was you ever have someone study you and you may not know they're studying you. Like I may see like some girl looking at you and she's checking out your look. She's looking at and I'm like, she's studying Angela. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have people around me say, oh, that guy, look, he's studying. They're studying. He studies Barack Obama. When he went, remember when he went to the White House mm-hmm. and he was like, he looking looked around like, like oh my I God. Yeah. Well, Barack Obama is a class act. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump can't buy that. You either have it or you don't. You cannot be taught it. You can't go to charm school for it. You either have it or you don't. I don't care if you have billions of dollars. You cannot be taught class and grace. And that is something that he could never buy and that he doesn't have. And so he is envious and jealous of this president. It is so obvious to me. He's jealous of the former president. And it doesn't have anything to do with what he has, um, you know, materially. Mm -hmm. He just has something that he's never had one wife. He's obviously not marriage. talking about Donald Trump, y'all. He's talking about the other one. Yeah, 44. one wife, a stable marriage, two great kids, and still an intact family. Mm-hmm. How many wives is this? Not that people can marry and divorce, whatever. I'm not putting a judgment on it, but just it's so easy. Just it's. But can you imagine if we had a black candidate that had three baby mamas, Don? I'm just wondering. No, because we wouldn't have a black candidate. <laughs> Well, maybe that he would have, have been out in the first round in the primary. Like, they, like no, but I'm being honest. We would not. There's a there's um, a barrier to entry. They put different um, the it's different judgment. Yeah, and the different standards. standards for we wouldn't have a black candidate who that just wouldn't happen. I think all of that um, triggered me. And you talked about this election had a profound impact on you. We talk a lot about the difference between like the partisanship of it versus the human decency. And I feel like oftentimes on your show, we have to argue about those pieces and yeah. then you might end up getting into it with the Trump person and the Trump people are like you're being unfair. It's four against one or, you know, you're, you're partisan it's down limit four against one. And, and I'm thinking when he says four against one that he means it's four against one. And i you know, he's the only conservative. And I'm like, wait a minute. There was another conservative and two conservatives other than you and so in the middle of the road on the panel. Oh, he meant black. black. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wait a minute. He meant black. And it's like black people. But that's what people don't understand. Um, That's how it is. No sign for me on a panel in case you missed it, by the way. I told you this before. This is the Mm -hmm. first time I've been called a liberal since Trump. Yeah. Right. 
and it's just it, and it's not because uh, uh because of my politics i can see both sides it doesn't mean i agree with it mm-hmm. but i can see okay all right that's a fine argument I, I understand why you're saying that you're conservative blah 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 but it just became so ridiculous during this campaign mm-hmm. that people were jumping on the gravy train mm-hmm. and that they had it had nothing to do with their beliefs because one moment they would be fighting for some other candidate, that candidate would drop out. And then the next thing that, you know, they're on the Trump train and all of the things that they said about him didn't matter anymore. And I, and I was like, where are your standards? Where are your morals? Like, Absolutely. thank you, Anna Navarro. Like, you didn't yeah. believe in this candidate. You still don't believe in it. And just because you're a conservative, you don't agree with everything. So I, and I feel the same way about a Democrat. If it, if it had been a different way... I would have said the same thing about a Democrat or, or, or a liberal who came on, but it just became so ridiculous to me um, that people were just out for themselves and the people who ended up supporting this particular candidate never met a green room they didn't like, a microphone or a camera, and that's where they... I'm serious. So it was like a moth yeah. to a fire. On One with Angela Rye is also brought to you by Third Love. It's no secret, bra shopping is a drag. You have to get measured, you got to get fitted, you got to make sure that the sizes are the same. Can be a little annoying. But what if you could skip all the hassle and find a perfect fitting bra in minutes? Sound good? Then you got to check out Third Love. Just take Third Love's online fit finder quiz and they'll recommend the bra that's right for your size and shape. Third Love is obsessed with finding the perfect fit. That's why Third Love is the only lingerie brand that offers bras in half cup sizes. And best of all, you can try one of Third Love's amazingly comfortable bras free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping. You can really try this bra. Cut the tags off, wash it, wear it all day, work out in it, party in it. You might even forget that it's on. Well, maybe I wouldn't. But either way, if your Third Love bra isn't your new favorite, no problem. Just return or exchange it for free. Go to thirdlove.com backslash on one now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days that's thirdlove.com backslash on one to try your new favorite bra for free so there was one other moment um that really struck a nerve with me during the election um that it closed my thing (laughs) he had to take his uh tv makeup off y'all stop looking at the phone don we have it fun anna navarro by the way i can't have a drink with her because i'm doing this but go on He'll be all right. Um, Anna so is a she. I'm talking about you oh, will okay. be all right. He will be all right, and so will Anna. Um, because you promised me you could have done this earlier, by the way, so I won't take this blame either. But in March, during the election, there yeah. was another person. I think that she is one of the greatest Trump administration villains, and that is Omarosa. She said that you were being a drama queen. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like that. And I did not need another reason not to like her. If you don't believe me, you can look on the internet. There are plenty of reasons clearly for me to not like that. So tell me why Omarosa felt like she needed to personally attack you in that way. Well, um, or do you know? I don't. Well, yeah, of course I know. I mean, Remember, Omarosa was a Hillary Clinton supporter in the same election when it started. She was fundraising. We're ready for Hillary. I know. So she came on and it was interesting because I forgot who she was with. And I went back and the clip was popped up on something the other day. And she was on with Kellyanne Conway. It was funny. And Kellyanne Conway was actually the one who was being pragmatic and objective. Yeah. And she was the one like going way over here. So I, I think I asked her a question like about something. She goes, that's not really the question. And she tried to change the subject. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're not going to do that here. You answer my question directly. If you want to pivot, fine. I understand that you're here to spin, but don't come on my show and tell me what the question is and try to change the narrative. That does not work the show, as I say, and it wasn't even on my show. This is on. I think I was filling in for Brooke or someone, but still, it is seen it tonight with Don Lemon, not seen it tonight with Omarosa. So that's not going to happen. That's all I was saying. Don't do that. And she got upset. And so I went to the break. And in the break, I he, said, by the way, he went to the break faster than he was supposed to. He fast, just cut yes. the segment. And so uh, it's I like went a to bye the, Felicia moment. I went to the break and she said, um, Don, you're not going to do this or what have you. And I said, no, we're not. And I said, then if you're not going to come on and play by the rules and answer questions directly and not try to spin, you know, you can spin, but not try to lie to people or change it, then we're fine. But if not, we're done. Thank you for coming on. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, you're done. 
<laughs> and she said, no, 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 no. And I said, okay, are you going to play fair? And she goes, yeah. She came back on. She was sweet as pie. Wow. And then it was all fine. I had a conversation with her and with Kellyanne Conway over, moved on. Mm-hmm. And then I think TMZ got her and she called TMZ. me a drama queen. And it's like, leave that on TV. It's not personal. That's happened to me and a lot of people. But if leave you it on TV. you are living on a reality show, then you might not be able to leave it on TV because you think your life is for entertainment. I, I get that. But nobody ever wins a cable news argument. Here's the thing about cable. If you're a good guest and you argue well and you don't take it personally and you don't take it outside of the medium that you're arguing on, you will be invited back the next night and the next night or I another feel like time. We should talk about that. But you can't take it. You cannot take it to Twitter. You cannot take it to. I take it to Twitter. Yeah, you can't do that. I will take that. it to text. I will take it to a green room. Don, when their the attacks are personal, like I'm not talking about if you had a, a, a um, like a beef with the host because you all didn't see eye to eye on I'm talking about like somebody saying you don't have substance or someone saying that you lied about something and you have your facts. So you have to tweet the facts out like that kind of stuff where it gets super like personal well then come back on the show and do it so I if they attack you, you you have to be like that's what my whole thing with you is i tell you don, is, you, don don about the air to family business go because don. you're like you, you look you're a super like look mm-hmm. you're in it but you have to be smart and strategic about it and i tell people twitter is not their friend because there's no context in twitter so if you're having a conversation you're arguing with someone and you're in it you can correct each other in mm-hmm. real time. You can get into it. If there's a chance, it's like, okay, I went too far. I'm sorry. I apologize. You can do all those things when you're having a conversation, yeah. but not when you're on Twitter. And I, you, well, have you to know re- what, though? And Twitter is not paying you. I'm just being That's honest. That's true. But the one thing that I do like about Twitter is if you need to, like, say, this is what I was talking about, and it's like your factual support, you can share that, and then all your supporters and people you can, can see that. You can do that without personally attacking someone. Oh, I'm saying I don't like the personal attacks. I yeah. agree with you. I agree with you. If I, someone attacks you on Twitter, then I think you should be able to respond if you want to. But do you ever notice yeah. I always take the high road? I very rarely he respond. Does, this is my pet peeve with him now. So you heard his pet peeve with me is that i like, too passionate and I need to take it down. I'm mad because now I was like, please go at the president. Get him at his throat and he wouldn't do it. <laughs> because why would I punch down? Woo! <laughs> Orangey, I hope you hear this. But I said that on TV. I'm like, why would I punch down? I don't know. I just think because it would have given I me I carried myself with a certain dignity. I believe in the high road. I didn't even punch down at that. So it's like. <laughs> oh, that is David Clark with that two big ass hat. What is he doing with that hat on TV? Don't tell Don to turn off the Fox News. He got to see what the competition is doing, I guess. I have it on Jesus. Fox, CNN, and He MSNBC. does have it on all of them. Okay. So here's the other part, philosophically speaking. Um, this y'all's president um regularly talks about fake news and it's maddening to me because he talks about a fake news that is always very real like he's calling what is really happening fake and then what he's doing that's fake and is a lie is like real and it's driving me nuts because he's a projectionist Tell me what you mean. Well, whenever he says something isn't real, he talks about a, a quality that he thinks is a negative quality about some something else or someone else. It's always a projection. If you notice, it always turns back to him. That's what he does. You know, Hillary Clinton's emails and then he has people in his, you know, in his administration who are using their own personal emails. Mm-hmm. This person is crooked. It's something that he is hiding or he isn't not disclosed when it comes to the emoluments clause. All of those things, it's usually a reflection of him. That's he's a projectionist. That's deep. So Don needs to write an article about this projectionism from the <laughs> Trump administration. But no, seriously. But I think it's it's fascinating. And you also see anchors from CNN like that will tweet and say, like in response to him, like, that's not true. Da, da, da. Like literally you having to, to engage. It's crazy. Not them. But I'm saying the fact that you have to engage with someone who's supposed to be the commander in chief in that way is nuts. Um. Yes, that we have to fact check him <laughs> yes. in real time. And we've never, ever had to do that before. And usually it's like someone made a misstatement during a press conference yeah. or whatever, overstated something or didn't really, you know, left a, you know, an omission. But usually it's not just a flat out lie yeah. in the moment. Right. And, you know, and, and uh, Trump supporters always, always saying conservatives, you know, well, 
President Obama lied. If you if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. That was something he was hoping would happen, and I'm not saying that it's right. But I it wasn't my doctor, though. Just but it wasn't I. something that had already happened that had been proven factually wrong right. in the moment that you like can go back. Like the number of people at the inauguration. Like the number of people at the inauguration, <laughs> or um, that Barack Obama didn't call service members, yeah. family members of, of people who had died in you know in the war zone, in war or in action, like things that are demonstrably false that had already been proven false that he lies about it's it's unbelievable so how do you stay sane with this i mean like this is really i'm serious because it's driving me nuts i try not to take it personally i try to get as much rest as possible i'm thinking of writing a book about it how do you make it live your best how maybe something like this can um propel you to living your best life. Maybe you that's a challenge. You sound like T.D. Jakes right now. And I know Oprah. that's your mentor. Oprah. Oprah. We all know who Oprah is. I love me some Oprah. 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 I know. So um, you love Oprah. T.D. Jakes is I one of your mentors. Yep. And um, did you talk to him about any of this when Donald Trump was coming at your throat? Yes, I did. What did he say? He told me to take the high road and pray. And um, But he... There's also, I mean, I could go back through my text feed because I actually text him and, and we talk about it. I'm like, oh, I'm having a tough moment or mm-hmm. whatever. And he gets me through it. But I think that... Um, Did that make you cry? Or your eye was watering? No, 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 no. And my eye was itching, no. It, I thought like we just cry. had a really good moment. No, but he... <laughs> that would have made me a really good interviewer, by the way. And, and he gets me through it. But I think that um, he's, al- he's always a glass half full person but Mm -hmm. very realistic and i think he believes in the end because he's a he he's a true believer that the truth and goodness will prevail that Mm -hmm. this is all there's all a a divine purpose for what's happening right now and um deep deep down i believe that but i also think that this is a moment for if you don't believe in this, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican and you believe in truth and you believe in honor, you believe that the, um, the Oval Office should be um, occupied by someone who treats that office with a modicum, at least a modicum of respect, that this will encourage you and um, impassion you, if that's the right way of putting it, mm-hmm. to get to the polls and vote, to register people, to um, speak out about this sort of thing. And to become more aware and um, and and t- more knowledgeable. So that sounds like a like a layperson's um, kind of perspective. Like you know, if anyone feels a certain way, they should do something. But what role do journalists have to play in that? Like you know, if if they're being called fake and it's like the very nature of what they do, of what yeah, is like being called. We gotta into go question. on Twitter, or we gotta go on the air. Twitter and say <laughs> no. And I'm saying you don't have to attack anyone. You can just <laughs> I say. I agree with that. I don't want to. Attack you can you say uh, the president said that uh, Barack Obama didn't. Whatever that is not true. So you have to do. Yeah. But so, and if you want, if if that because that helps you personally. Mm-hmm. But if you are a journalist and you have a platform, then you write or you broadcast, whether it's on radio or podcast or on cable, then you talk about those issues and you you get the truth out. So I think that's how you do it. You just have to continue to do your job. Um, and I don't know if you, I've been around for a long time. People self-implode a lot. Mm-hmm. Quite often they do. And all you have to do is just wait. Not then. I'm hoping that all of us hopes that the president of the United States is successful, but successful in the right way for the right things by doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and is true to the Constitution of the United States and to the majority of the people in the country, not just 29, 33 percent of the, of the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but people do self-destruct. But that's that's the weird thing. A lot of the people who have criticized me in the media where they at? Oh, he said no weapon formed. He was listening to the bishop. That's no, but, what, but seriously, I'm like, don't don't punch down. Don't attack mm-hmm. them. You don't have to uh, lift yourself up by attacking other people. And so a lot of people who were very critical of me and didn't even call me and ask me personally what I thought or invite me on their particular program to get my point of view or whatever. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Is it hard for you? Um, this is one thing I definitely don't. My advice, survive your enemies. 
outlive your enemies. That's all you have to do. You're going to make me forget my question. Go on. We have ADD kind of conversations, y'all. I'm sorry, but this is normal. When you think about, see, I forgot. What was I going to ask you? When we were talking about people criticizing, like I don't. No. Okay, well, let me ask you this other question. I knew that was going to happen. No, go ahead. What was it? But I don't know, but I'm going to ask you this one for now. So, um, media as a platform to, uh, to like heal, like healing, writing can be healing. Um, being able to ex- express your opinion can be healing. One of my favorite podcasts was I did a verbal annotation of Jeff Sessions um, speech at the uh, Fraternal Order of Police. That was healing to me because I got to debunk all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of your favorite voices in the media right now, because you might think they're brilliant. Maybe you like their perspective, or at least how they <laughs> express it. But who are a couple of people who you're like, you know what, this person, they have it. They're good. They're helping get me get me through. Um. Wow, that is a very good question. There are so many people Brought on to different. You by Angela Rye. There are so many people on different <laughs> levels who mm-hmm. I like. So that's good. Um, you know, I love Bakari. I yeah. think Bakari's smart, and he's like the next new thing. I'd love you. Present company excluded though, right? I don't have to say that. I knew I don't have to say that, but I just need you to like <laughs> pull back. I also love Jamel. Mm-hmm. And but you know, there's some caution with that. I love her, so I pray, but it's caution like, you know, Twitter. I always tell people just stay away from Twitter. You just are saying helpful. you want to protect her. I want to protect her yeah. because what I my thing is is that if you lose your platform, then what do you have? Well, let me ask you this. Jamel's first tweet was about um, what she said. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. This is he not about, a white listen, supremacist? This is not. It's not that I di- agree or disagree. I don't. I don't necessarily yeah. disagree with. Well, she didn't even get trouble Jamel. for that tweet. It was. The but other that's tweet. what I'm saying. You gotta be strategic. Mm-hmm. And so I think that some conversations. If I said on the air, if I just tweeted out Donald Trump is a liar, yeah, I would probably get disciplined or lose my job. But if I'm on the air and I'm having a conversation and I'm showing you why what he said was a lie, it's a whole different thing. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So um, I just think that you have to be more cautious about that. And you have to what you have to remember is just because you can respond. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to respond. I feel Again, like all of this is so right in normal. But, but, I, but I came around. But it may be different for me because yeah. I came up when there was no Twitter. And when there was no orange person in the White House who acts crazy, it's like it's literally maddening. It's but making us it, all nuts. Yeah, this this one is um, it's special. This case. one is nothing like we've ever seen before. Right. But I have been here before when the country, like when they elected a, a Republican president, when sure. you know, with the hanging chads, and the country went crazy. But, but Don, do you know I'm at the point now but, where I'm ready to take a selfie with W? I, but like, here's the thing: like imagine, but, but imagine there was no Twitter then, yeah, so I know. people didn't get them. You don't have to go on Twitter. You don't have to go on Facebook. You don't have to Instagram about it. You better it. be glad none of these people are paid advertisers. But you know, you but, going hard? but that's that's my point. I no, use no, them, but, but you, right now they might do it later. You can't. I think it's great to promote media. your your um, brand and all that and what you're doing. You go on there and say, "What? Listen to me. Don't want it to be abused. Listen to my podcast. I don't want it to. I don't want Even a platform that is not your source of income. Yeah. That is not going to help you get to the next level. That is not going to help you reach as many people in a meaningful way. I don't want that to be your downfall. Do you, do you, do you read, um, like your, like tweets, replies, like responses from people? Every once in a while, like I'll, like if, if something is on, if I go on there and I, like I tweeted out, um, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson's thing or the Gold Star family thing. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure, like I called our uh, social media and said, did you guys put the Gold, the gold Star father mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Did you tweet that out on the main account? Blah, 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 blah. And then I go to make sure it's on the account. And then you see some of the things and you're just like, oh, whatever. But no. Why? I don't know. I do think that there's something to that part. Like this I is think playing it's, the dozens. It's like. No, not. Well, I'm good at that, though. But I was going to say. <laughs> 
But she don't have to. People no, always get in trouble Don, when you it know happens. what? I used to get so sad because I would see the tweet, the Twitter replies, and I would be like, "Man, it's just like feeling all hurt." Yeah. And like the first time, like I went back and hit somebody back, I was like, "Yeah." yeah. So I'm not trying to punch down, but I was but, just like, "Yo, I you, I only turn the cheek so many times." I know. The I Bible have... does not tell me how many times. How many... Like I turn the cheek, I turn once, damn it, and since then I've been swinging back. Like... <laughs> I have people who tell. I have people oh, tell God. me. Why don't you tell them to get off your you-know-what? You got to stop. You have to fight back. And I'm like, I... I J. Cole wrote a song about it. I pick my moments mm-hmm. to fight back. But other times it's like, you know, it just... Why? I don't really I don't oh, really right. care what you're saying about me. It doesn't change who I am. I'll make a deal with it you. May, and, you know, I'm going to stop replying so much if you reply like... Once or twice? Yeah. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I should. Just a good one, like a good viral one. People are going to be like, done for the win. Well, I did with, I did with O'Reilly, remember? What'd you say? I don't remember that one. When he said, he said, I didn't report on something. This is right after his. Oh, I didn't. He's like, you didn't report on something. I said, as a matter of fact, I did report on it. But what did I say? But I said, and I also reported on your sexual harassment. Yeah, that was my favorite. I think I screenshot that and said to you, I was so proud. Sometimes I will write out a tweet. And then I'm like, no, it's it's like, it's like when you write a letter to someone Mm -hmm. and not send it, you should try that with Twitter sometimes. I will if you try to just send it without thinking about it. But here's the thing. People get on me all the time and especially they used to more. Mm -hmm. I'm still here though, because I did not go on there and do that. I think I'm still here. I just want to see you throw you throw shade on the show. I just want a little. That's where I'm supposed to no, throw no, shade. But I just am saying, like, can you do a little? Just 140 characters of shade sometimes on Twitter. That's all I'm asking okay. for. It's good. It will make it enjoyable. Can I just do gifs like girl you, bye? You can. That is the best. It's expressive. Do we can see it? It's very clear. It's wonderful. That would be wonderful. And okay. it'll go viral. Why not? Why yeah. not? Don't it's y'all just, want Don to throw some shade on Twitter sometimes? Okay, I might do that. But I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't uh, really care that much what other people think about me. I think that's great. I re- No, I'm not being I'm not being funny. Yeah. That was not a shady moment. I really think that's a good thing. I care sometimes too much. Sometimes I don't care that much. Sometimes it's like I just am feel, feeling really in my flesh and I'm just going to hit you back in this carnal moment I'm having. <laughs> See, I was just having with you. Like, why would you care? You're... I don't even, you guys should see this face he just made. He ran out of words. I don't even know what that. No, you're, it's, I was going to say a bad word. You're blanking Angela Rye. Why would you care? You can cuss. This so, is not going on I know, but no, no, but I, I don't want, but why would Bishop I, I'm, I'm as my friend would say, I'm Don blanking, blanking lemon. Why would because I care? Sometimes people um can hit you in your vulnerabilities. It might be right. that. Sometimes you might be having a bad day. Like today, it's that time of the month. I might swing on you. Like we don't know. It might be a rough one. My head. All right, right I hear you. I you just you. never know. And sometimes you. it's just like you know what? I'm just tired of it. Be like, please. You know, like you know, your privilege is exhausting me today, and I just want to put you back in your place. You have sent me a tweet with seven thousand typos and 140 characters. That's miraculous in and of itself. I'm gonna get you back. Just sometimes. Support from On One also comes from Shopkick. Shopkick is a really cool app that lets you earn free gift cards for shopping. Let me say that one more time. They're literally giving you gift cards for shopping. How often do you run a Target or a TJ Maxx or Nordstrom? You could be getting rewarded for those trips. Or earn, earn points with Shopkick's online partners like eBay, Jet, Groupon, and more. There are dozens of gift cards to choose from, including favorites like Amazon and Starbucks. Our listeners can earn two times as many points in the first week if you download the app using my link, shopkick.com backslash on one. Save money and earn incredible rewards with Shopkick. That's shopkick.com backslash on one to earn two times as many points in the first week when you use Shopkick. Today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced, licensed therapist that you pick based on your own preferences for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. You can send your therapist text messages, audio messages, and video messages. You can even do a live video chat. Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com backslash Angela. And there's a special offer just for our listeners. You can use coupon code Angela to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast on one with Angela Rye. That's called AngelaTalkspace.com backslash Angela. 
Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. He just got up out the chair. He's not with me on this. Anyway, we have wore out Twitter and um, we're kind of over time, but I had some other questions. Um, (laughs) I do. You see what I'm doing, huh? Oh, you guys, he's picking out his afro. Wait, I need to I need to get my phone because I'm totally videotaping it. Hold on. I got to pause the podcast. You didn't I, know I had this, did you? And Don it, has a pick. I'm using this. With what? Wait. Okay, Don. Seriously. I'm videotaping this. Okay. You can't Everybody, get my hair looking all crazy like this. Don, wait. How are you going? Hold on. Don. I, Let I, me. Can I you please? It down. Do you know what packing your hair is? Yeah. Okay. Everybody, this is Don on the podcast interview picking out his hair. Can you please show everybody your pick, Don? You guys, look at Don's pick. Don has a pick that's woke AF. Okay. This is his fro. I've been telling y'all he growing out a mini fro. We doing a podcast. This dude got ADD like me. We cannot. He got a haircut yesterday. It was longer than this. He got a fro, y'all. And so why Trump people, and drove, drove so him to a fro? People are like people are on Twitter, like, oh, you need to become friends with your barber. You need to line up, right? I've seen that. I'm trying to let my hair grow, y'all. That's what it is. Okay, heard it here from Don. So stop throwing him hair shade. He growing his pick. See, that was probably a sensitive spot because you just was like, stop talking about my life. No, I didn't really care that much. Okay, but you brought it up just so you know. And I don't mind, like, I don't like um, the sharp line like that. I like my hair natural. Okay. But he's picking out, like he got I don't, a full I don't mind my kink. Why do people mind their kinky hair? I don't think, I don't know that everybody does. Some people might. I like a nap. Oh now, God. this is now, this is a pet peeve right here. What is that? That when it's the back here, when you got hair growing down your neck, oh. I don't like that. But like, so you want that front, part lined up. I like a natural hair. Yeah, but it's lined up. Because I went to the barber yesterday. So then don't be mad at the people when they notice you didn't go to the barber. <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyway, done. Okay. So um, we talked about your up and coming. Oh, you know what I want to talk about really quick? Your mom. Is that what you I love your mom. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay. So just talk a little bit about your mom because I want people to know how cool she is. She's making you cakes and stuff. She That's my heart. And she's like the wokest part of the family. Aww. What is she? What is she talking about right now? She can't say. He's like, he's like, wait, I can't. I can't say that. What did your mom say when when Donald Trump came at you? You she's can't like, say that either. What did she say? She just said, "I can't <laughs> say." My mom is my mom is a dirty mouth. She's just like Little she goes. Bleeping. She goes. Don't respond to that, baby. Don't Aww. respond. She goes. I wouldn't even respond to that mess. I love. Because you're too good for that, and he and he is. Yeah. Did you read my lips? Could you hear that in there? No, they can't hear it in there, which is so pointless because they don't know what you said. My mom, all you have to do is go to her social media. It's Oh, what's your mom's social I, no, media? No, 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 no. I'm not putting it out there. Don! Angela Rye. Oh, my God. Don, no. we almost had a winning moment. But I, think, I think she has it on lock, right? You can't go. Her Facebook is like, and it's all about. Oh, she's she, not on election. Twitter. She's not on Twitter. She's on Facebook. I so want her to have a Twitter account that's like Don Lemon's mama. And every time they come at you, she got some. I would love that. I'm going to call her. I'm going to tell her that's a good idea. Okay. Do you remember the question you were going to ask me? No, I don't remember the question. I think we're about to be done because I don't. Oh, I want to know what is the most. Sherry Shepard was. I just saw Sherry on. You're really not focused. What was the thing that surprised you the most? Like since this election? Um, how <clears throat> well, well, how nasty people have gotten, but also how some people who I who were really I thought were smart people, how they um fall for lies mm. and for misinformation. I I meet people out or have dinner with people. And they start telling me lies and conspiracy theories from the election about Hillary Clinton, about uranium, about CNN, about a certain story. And I'm like, you realize that's not true. Yes, it is true. And then I'm like, well, let me go into the and I show them a fact check, like three of them. Well, they're not true. They're partisan. I'm like, no, that's not partisan. As a matter of fact, this is a conservative site. And they still that's been so surprising to me that people want to believe what they want to believe and facts don't matter. Yeah. That's surprising to me. Also was really surprising during the election. And I know people can get mad. I was shocked at how many of us did not take what was happening seriously enough. Mm. Black women did. Mm-hmm. 
But some brothers were like in the barbershop going, you know, he's just saying what we all, you know, what people are afraid to say. And I'm like, okay. And look, if you want to vote for Trump, that's your business. But I'm, but I don't think people realized the severity of it and how serious the election was and the choices were. Yeah. And so I knew, I knew black women had a clear choice mm-hmm. that they didn't want to be discriminated against and they didn't want to be grabbed by a body part. Um, Those vaginas, in case you missed it, everybody. But I'm not sure all of us did as much. Clearly, Trump won the election because a certain demographic voted for him. So I'm not blaming it on black men or or on millennials or on progressives who didn't go out and vote for mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton or whatever. It's saying the outcome of the election, what I mean. But, um, you know, certain people voted for him more than others. Yeah. And white women voted for him in droves. White men voted for him in droves. And there were even some black men, a higher number than usual, voted for him. Mm-hmm. But black women were like, I'm not having it. Thank I God was surprised that. by that. I was actually really surprised mm-hmm. by that during the election. So given um, where we are now, um, how are you utilizing your show, CNN, tonight with Don Lemon, mm-hmm. not with anybody else? It's not the guest show. It is Don Lemon's show. Um, how are you using that platform to make sure that you're giving people what they need to be thinking, to make sure that they're being fed facts? Like, how are you using that platform? Um, I sit here <clears throat> or stand here before the show. He says stand here because he has a standing desk because he's fancy. And I center myself. And sometimes there's all kinds of questions and research material in the computer in the rundown. And when I get out there. If the spirit isn't moving me like tonight, the all the questions in the in the A block, which was the first block, they were about this back and forth between Frederica Wilson and President Trump. And my the spirit moved me that what was more important is what happened to those men over there than their conversation. I had that conversation. I was the first show she came on last night when she said, you know, the conversation with the widow. And that's important. I let Trump play that out because that's not a win for him. Mm -hmm. That is not a winning argument for him to be fighting with the widow of a dead hero. Not winning. So what's important is how did he get that way? Why did why did he come back in a coffin instead of coming back to his wife alive? Mm. And so that's where the questions went. And we were halfway through the show and General Hurtling came on and said, you know, I'm disgusted that this has become political and I'm even mad at the media for whatever. And I said, Well, if you've been watching this show from the beginning, we've been talking about what happened and not he said, she said. Yeah. And so um, and I also make sure that people come on my show and they tell the truth because I will cut you off in a second now. That's your pet peeve. And it's getting to be what is it? What's it called? Even more of a pet peeve. Don't super pet peeve. Don't come on and lie and then continue to repeat a lie. Like coming on. You want to see Don Lemon flip out? Come on here and don't ask this answer. And, and don't answer my question. <laughs> see, he's mad right now. And I didn't do it. That's not what I asked look, you. Look, I didn't do it. He's mad. No, right but now. seriously, but you, Angela, you know how to do it. You answer my question know, and then you pivot. Y'all, his veins are popping out. Isn't it, it makes it? me. He's it mad. Drives me crazy because. Appearing on CNN or any other network, it's not a right. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to talk directly to the American people. And we have to, you got to understand that. So don't come on here and try to lie to people and mislead them. Because I'm going to shut you down if you do that. He will. I've seen it happen. And I've seen him throw some of the coldest shade in the game. But I have kept him past. And I will smile in your face and be like, hey, what? afterwards, oh, so have you, oh my gosh, yeah, it's great. Them eyes you, might be bulging, child. You don't play. He also cuts me off, but it's not because I'm saying something wrong. I just think he really does treat me like a little sister. He's shady. Because I need you to get, I need to get to the break sometimes. You talk a lot. That's not true. If you guys watch, you can count the n- number of minutes. I just try to rebut a lie, Don. <laughs> or when people try to sympathize with slave owners. I'm sorry. So anyway, we are. Is all... that it? Did you remember your question? No, I told you to completely cut me off. I told you guys he cut me off even on my own podcast. But here's the point. If you have a little piece of chocolate, will it make you remember? No. And I don't know what's in that candy. Where'd you get that from? Uh, it was sent to me from. Well, they're not going to get a free advertisement on the this Beltway show. The Beltway Chess Challenge. He did it anyway. Little... He did it anyway. So here's the thing, Don. 
I appreciate you doing this. I'm very proud of how you've um, got invited back to the family picnic. By the way, Don said that he's going to have his own barbecue and he might invite y'all. He don't even need to go to y'all's little outdoor eating experience with his fro. fro. Y'all should see him in here patting his fro. Um, But anyway, God bless y'all and your families. Don Lemon, we love you. He's picking out his hair. He's busy. All right. Thanks again to Bobble Bar for supporting this week's episode. Bobble Bar designs premium fashion jewelry and accessories that make it easy to experiment with fashion and style. Bobble Bar translates the trends you love into a wide range of accessories because they believe that fashion should be fun. Bobble Bar believes in 110% customer happiness. They make it easy to speak to a real person whenever you need. Plus, they offer free shipping and returns to the U.S. So you can try them out guilt-free. Just go to BobbleBar.com and get 20% off using promo code ON1. That's B-A-U-B-L-E-B-A-R.com and promo code ON1 to get 20% off your order. You know that we can never have enough jewelry and accessories to go with that latest and greatest outfit. So try Bobble Bar today.